This is the Is It Worse Than 311 Midweek Review. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, there it is. That's what I'm looking for. What's up, all you stupid fuckbags? Hey, I'm R. Crow, joined today with the usual crew of Hatter and Robo Slush. This is the Is It Worse Than 311 podcast, and we are going to talk about... What is this? Jed Fair and Kramer, The History of Crying Revisited. Now... I uh, didn't know, apparently this album was released in 2017, a different version of it, um, not in the US, I don't think, I couldn't find it, I couldn't find it anywhere, I, I think it was maybe like they made a fight 500 copies or something like that, but they uh, supposedly remixed all of the songs and everything, this is the God Knows How Manyth album by Jad Fair. Uh, Jad Fair, if you include the half Japanese catalog, has well over 60 albums that you can find, different collaborations. Uh, probably best known for the alt rock band Half Japanese and the work he's done with Daniel Johnston and R. Stevie Moore, any of those like 80s, 90s lo fi bedroom cassette tape culture indie weirdos. Uh, Jad Fair is right there sitting on a throne, king of them. So uh, Jad Fair is joined in this album by Kramer or uh, or Mark Kramer, mostly oh. known nowadays for uh, doing production work, known for doing sitting in on bass with tons of bands like Butthole Surfers, Ween. Uh, he was in the band Bongwater. All three of those bands are bands that I absolutely fucking love. Uh, I agree. Start. He started Shimmy Disc Records, uh, helped produce early Guar albums, White Zombie, uh, King Missile. And also on this album, just because the guest spot's there, and I couldn't figure out which song it is, we also have Paul Leary of the Butthole Surfers. So all in all, if you are an indie rock fan, a 90s alternative indie rock fan uh, that likes a little bit of like a punk rock lo-fi weird edge this should theoretically be right up your alley uh, i'm gonna i every single song on this fucking album for me and i'm i'm no jed fair and i know the sound and i know the whole uh quirky kind of songwriting style and the weird nasally almost nerdy sounding uh dorky delivery of the vocals i like all of that i'm perfectly fine with it but everything in this album every single song for me had something where I was like, oh, I don't want that. I want that different. And it had something, but there would be something else happening where I'd be going, but that's really interesting. Um, and oh, I don't think we've really gotten into like too much of this lo-fi bedroom recording stuff here. So I'm interested to see where you guys have a take on this. Uh, Perry, I'm going to send it to you first. What, what were you thinking as you did this? Uh, well, I've, <clears throat> oh, it's going to be shitty on the recording right there. Um, I <laughs> have, <laughs> I've heard of, uh, Jed Fair, listen to, uh, a fair share of things, you know, um, I, for one, am pretty big fan of nasty lo-fi bedroom shit. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge ween fan, so early ween with that type of shit is just, you know, that the four that, track aesthetic. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. It's it's so good when you have the lyrics. That being said, uh, 
this album kind of touched some of that, but at the same time, definitely, you know, doesn't have that super lo-fi sound per se. It's well-produced. It's definitely well-produced. It's going for that sound, but you can tell it's well-produced. And then on top of that, I just felt every track a bit too happy for most of the time. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just not like necessarily like, I don't know. It was... uh, I, I get it's the it's the whole whimsy the quirky quirkiness yeah, it, of his of his uh, yeah I should say more that like the you know, like yeah oh yeah you know that kind of <laughs> um, yeah I guess whimsy's more than than happy um, and then there but there are points where they where they get into it which, which is really cool and has some of that uh, just the noise and and that kind of thing that makes it like very cool. Uh, not too bad. Um, I throw like it was a enjoyable listen through. So sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ro- Robert, uh, I thought it was awesome. I Hell haven't yeah. listened to a lot of this style of music. I mean, I know Daniel Johnson to a degree, and I think back in the day when they released that uh, documentary about him, I watched it, whatever, and had a little phase for a moment. But it's I've never been... The bedroom pop folks that I listen to are the newer kids that are like blog sensations, not like dads on tape recorders. Right. So this you, shit was... The this pe- shit the was people that The people that you would listen to actually have like a computer that they're recording right. into, and yeah. it's lo-fi because they're kind of cheap. Not an analog four-track. Like, well, I mean, it's like Baths got famous because Baths was on the internet in his room, and someone was like, oh, dang, I like that on SoundCloud or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. bedroom pop now is like a, is a whole genre in and of itself that could be all sorts of different music, but like that type of music that we're talking about. I haven't explored as much as I'd like. I mean, I guess the closest would be maybe guided by voices because I mean, those dudes yeah, are lo-fi okay. cut like in the like. I mean, they're a band, so maybe well, it's not wouldn't be considered they, they exactly do, that way. But they do like any genre too, which is kind of like half the thing with those like these eighties, nineties before the internet bedroom guys is that they'll. It's almost like a Beatles meets the Zap meets the Zappa band with like. You know, they just throw everything at the wall and see if it sticks. I was sticks, just so. going to say that. It's also, pro, it's also prolific. I mean, you just, I mean, like you say, they make 100 albums too. Like if he's, I mean, Guided by Voices has like 60 albums as well. I'm, But, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like it's coming out of a crackly, static background. But I thought this was great. It's really well produced. Um, I think that his joyous, overly sweet, like saccharine sweet lyrics are really interesting. Um you know, saying something like wondrous, wonder, wonder, like what dog, you do not need to say wonder four times in a row, but it works. It works so well. And like, <laughs> like little tones, like in, in one of the later tracks, like the piano tone is like bells and it's super soft, like walking in the background of the track. Like he has this, this way to let he where he like embellishes like, uh, uh, a guitar solo with some like crunchy uh, shitty reverb on it that's like where is this coming from and why um it's but i thought it was Paul Leary. I, I mean i thought it was tight i thought i thought i thought those decisions were neat and i liked i i mean even uh when he gets to the back half and there's like some like caribbean themed style like beat, mm-hmm. beats beats mm-hmm. and, and rhythms and then the last song tearjerker just gets me <laughs> i don't know what it is about him saying like it's going to be a tearjerker a t e a r 
tearjerker. Like I just tear, tear jerker? made me laugh and oh, made me really that. happy at the same time. I was like, this is the last song on this album. It started oh, it's like with red, red sun, which is so cliche and dumb in its way. But like, because I believe him throughout the entire album, that this is really how he feels about whoever he's in love with, whether it be it a mother, a son, a, a wife, a husband, whoever like, it's you know I feel his pain. It's I thought that was impressive. It doesn't always translate when someone's a little goofy, cheesy, over the top, but I thought it all worked. So it was a pleasure to listen to. Yeah, right on. I I found it really really interesting. Like I said, every song had something in it where I was like, nah, I'm kind of missing on this, but uh, I really enjoy his uh, lyrical composition and the way that he likes to keep things simplistic and minimalistic and. Uh, in doing so, keeping almost a childish meter, but doing it in a way that is not stereotypical necessarily. Like at Robert, you at one point said, I don't think he rhymes once the entire album. Uh, you, you, the songs sound like they're rhyming. The songs sound like they have that, that traditional pop kind of flow and structure. But when you pay attention, no, he's, you know, ending, ending lines on a very weird cadence. Um, which is interesting, which is really, really interesting. For me, really, the only downside to this album is that, um, and even with, like, the, the whole, it's obviously a lo-fi act that now is sitting in a nice studio and did some nice-sounding things, uh, it's the drum machines that get me. I don't like the drum machines on this album, and uh, it really kind of bugs me, like, yeah, I had a, a that note they're that off. I had a note that some of the drum, the beats reminded me of like Imagine Dragons or some shit. So, <laughs> I've never, never listened to enough Imagine Dragons to know uh, just, what, just what from that is. The, but... Just that, because it plays into that like whimsical, like kind of upbeat, like uh, feel to the song. A lot of theirs does. Uh, sure. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I shouldn't yeah, say they... a lot because I've only heard literally the, the two songs or some shit, but. Of Imagine Dragons, yeah, a thousand so, times, I'm sure. I can't. It's even, not. It, if it was playing, that's not like a right. terrible thing, but it's just an observation that, yeah, I agree on. I don't know. I think that was one thing that. It, it just if, falls back into that. I see what you guys are trying to go because then it, you even listen back like two albums and it's it's more of that dirty lo-fi sound. And then this one just is a lot cleaner, and they're, well, it's they're, I, I, that's because of Mark Kramer, I think too. I mean, he's a oh yeah, produ- uh, he's a producer. So, but the uh, the, uh, the song uh, "I Miss My Analog Warmth" was pretty entertaining, actually. That, that, a, that was one nice little breakdown in it. It was like yeah. okay, nice, nice. That was that was one that I actually put on my bad list uh, out of the songs really? that I didn't necessarily like as much. Uh, it was, do you really need a map to my heart? And I miss my analog warmth were the two that I was uh, not really digging too much. I liked some of the more, um, less, ex- the less exciting songs, I think, uh, sort of, in my opinion, the, I want to make a movie I liked. Yeah, I'll give one, you the, I'll give you the moon and tearjerker. Um, I actually walked tearjerker around, was a weird one, but I was walking around, dropping off a package to the post office saying the fucking make a movie one so that one that one hit me in the uh just catching the lyrics and and the beat and you're just like yeah there's something about an artist who whether you like the, the analog uh song or not in my mind the lyrics where he says 
um, you know, there is no digital warmth. There's only analog warmth. Like that line is goofy and like and but it's and he's like I miss my threes and fours because he's talking about the zeros and ones. I thought I thought lyrically that song was incredibly interesting. That like. It's it, and in the way that like Daniel Johnston is just like harping at something, or I guess this Jad Fair character who worked with Daniel Johnston as well as sort of like talking at a point is just like because it's so childish, like you were saying earlier. When you when something like that is being said by a fifty five year old, you like take <laughs> heart to it, you know. So I don't know, I you know that's what made that song interesting to me. Well, it's funny as if you don't know the guy. And you hear this album and then, like, look at the picture. It's a stark contrast. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's exactly like, what I imagine. Really? <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I think it's literally, like, either way. You're in the boat. I like that like, yep, some of the... Uh, some some of the, the pictures, like, the early... The quickest pictures you'll find on Google are him, like, somewhat recently. You know, long gray hair. Like, over, like, a keyboard and, and shit? Uh, uh, no, staring at just a piece of paper, standing oh, okay. in front of a microphone, <laughs> doing some like spoken word shit, and it's like, yeah, seeing that. There's like yeah, a couple I, of ways I, in front of a keyboard too. There it is. Yep. Oh, there's it's literally the one on his Wikipedia. Oh, there's a couple <laughs> on the Google too. There's like a there's like a one a further back that's I think oh, probably the from old the same Googs, huh? same thing. But you know, so for this album, I was having a hard time placing it. I really, really, really appreciate a lot of it, but. Unfortunately, I'm gonna give it a, a beautiful disaster. I'm thinking it's like a two. Uh, I was gonna give it down and just like put it right in the middle because I was having a hard time deciding. But I, I think if you go back and just because there's so much more to both of these artists um, that you could go listen to, I think play better and express better for the artists themselves. So it's hard for me to fully support this album uh outside of anybody that i think would be interested in that kind of niche sound um i don't think it's a bad album though like i'm giving it a bad review to some degree but i really don't think it's a bad album you know so for me a beautiful disaster at least it's beautiful right it's not worse than 311 I think that it has i think that it has crossover appeal and pop sensibilities that i i think some of the younger folks that like like I think my niece could maybe enjoy it actually even though like she's probably into a cleaner hip hop and and poppy electronic sound but um, I enjoyed it and I didn't know him well enough to know know uh, I feels like a, it could sit with a, a Daniel Johnson album that someone loves as well in my mind for sure um, in its simplicity so I'm definitely gonna give it a come original because for me I fuck yeah I enjoyed the each listen through thoroughly. Perry, um, I think I'm I'm in between. I'm sitting in between. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, down and, and come original. I'd say. Uh, yeah. Okay. It. I can see a lot of your points. Um, and but like, I, there's this just weird thing where, as much as I've loved for the longest time, just dirty lo-fi shit. Uh, when I'm driving around with kids. Sometimes it's not the easiest for them to listen to. This one, on the other hand, had a few aspects where even my youngest was like, I didn't have to change it to her fucking, I can make your hands clap. 
goddamn fucking song. Anyway, <laughs> she loves I that goddamn Fritz and the Tantrums or whatever. I can make your hands. Don't clap. know. Yeah, it's terrible, but she loves it. And I, fuck kids, but not. Yeah, that's a, I was literally, I was literally not waiting. That way. Not that way, you sick fucks. Don't, don't fuck kids, but, um, you know, we don't give kids two fucking shits about them. some guy. Listen, one of our hosts here has fucking kids, but we don't give two fucking shits about your goddamn kids or if they like the fucking music our old asses are fucking listening to. Okay? <laughs> How about that shit? This is, is it worse than 311? And I'm just getting progressively meaner and meaner about the podcast. Old, old man this yells out loud over here. Fuck, but fuck, the whole fuck, point fuck, is fuck, fuck, fuck. That is literally the only, like, that's one of the aspects that edged it out for me, being able to listen to this one a little bit more. Um, I Hell feel yeah. like that's why I have it in that in that nice little between down and come original. I don't know Jed which Fair, one it's on. Hardly adult music. <laughs> It, it, it has it. It's like, oh wow, there's like that lo-fi stuff, but it's nice where even the one in the background's like doing shit, and I'm just like, fuck, this is my life. Uh, it does, uh, but also <laughs> when you look at the the way some of the actual music is structured and the changes that happen, it mm-hmm. is. It, it comes. It's, it sounds like like children's music that has very um, subtly complex chord changes key changes that, that come into it that might not be expected from a traditional pop setting like it like it is and i don't think calling it pop is necessarily it's entirely not, yeah right, i wouldn't really but, um but the, just because it's so many genres spread out assimilated into the sound that is the album uh so yeah there you go people other than the fucking jad fair fucking fuck 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 which i I really do. I'm not going to change my my where I'm landing on it, but I feel like I'm giving it somewhat of an unfair rating. Um, still sticking with it though. It's not fucking. Hey man, don't stick write to your morals, bitch. It. Yeah, I was gonna say don't. Don't fall gotta back. write home about it. So we were talking about doing some other things like we always do throughout the week, and if you follow our Twitter, you will see that I do uh, frequently post things on Twitter, like albums that we're listening to. But unfortunately, you can't right now because I. Hey, you know, I, I made fun of a, a slut shamer and, uh, you know, called Fuck him out for guy. slut, first for slut shaming. And instead I got banned and he still has his fucking account, even though he was the one talking bad about sluts maybe. because that's how Twitter goes. Well, maybe so, he lives that in guy, Florida. So, uh, fucking God. Uh, other than Jad Fair. I tried to get these assholes here to take a listen to an album by an artist called Hacktivist. The album is called Hyper Dialect, and it was just hilariously fucking wrong. Just bad. Just so bad. If you want to laugh at something because it's like just just, just such a misstep, go look that up. Uh, Mickey Blanco is back. Mickey Blanco, the rapper who hasn't done any music, uh, retired from music. I think it was about like five years ago or so. I think after uh, getting diagnosed HIV positive, comes back with a short album, Broken Hearts and Beauty Sleep. It's a little bit of a different style for Mickey Blanco. It's not quite as in your face or party orientated, not necessarily the right words, but you get the vibe. Uh, we also had an album that I, <laughs> this is another one I really kind of wanted to do it because I think it's kind of funny. Uh, Halloween. 
comes back after it's like six years of not putting out an album. This band has been <laughs> putting out power metal thrash, power thrash metal for, I don't know, like since the eighties, at least Halloween eighties, at least fucking, uh, they still sound okay. It's, it's kind of like when a Judas priest album comes out and you're like, there's no way Judas priest still sounds good. Right. And then you put it on <laughs> and you're like, Oh wow. Judas priest still sounds kind of good. Wow. Uh, and f- finally, the the one that um, I almost this was almost my my choice, but I, I like the Jad Fair thing. Uh, the Limanana 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 Limanana. I don't speak French. Uh, the world we know original soundtrack. It, it's it's good. Go listen to it. It's a vibe. It doesn't have any lyrics to it, which is a normal thing for them, and it kind of just sounds like a, a normal album from them with the lyrics taken out, but it's cool. Definitely worth listening to. Uh, did I miss anything? You fuckers. Mm-mm. Nope. That's it. Tune in next Sunday. I'm going to be talking Leon Redbone with general Murfenstein. And it's a short ah, episode. General short episode. I, I, uh, woke up late, uh, hung over and <laughs> we talked for about an hour and the episode ends with me saying, cool, I'm going to go puke. And I did. And then I went back to sleep. It's the shortest episode we have. So, so you know, it might be the most on-point episode that you're going to listen to so far. Now uh, yeah, that's it. Go fuck yourself. Yay. Go fuck yourselves. Oh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Goat Bones discography just released on all streaming platforms. Uh, Trash Pit City selling Trash Bugs comics. New Trash Bugs comics are out. If you want to look that up, you should go buy that. Do that. We'll have some Is It Worse Than 311 merchandise coming to you sooner or later. You know, if you people start following us and actually listening to us, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't. It's not like I just get on the mic and talk nonsense and then start swearing. Just get on the mic. Call you fucking assholes. <laughs> fucking assholes. So that's it, fucking assholes. I like pizza. Is it? Yeah, pizza. Go the fuck away. <laughs> what the fuck?